coming in. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Yo, yo, if I said it, then I meant it. There's life and death inside of the tongue, sharper than a two-edged sword. Which side do you want? Big dog, Christ-blooded. Yo, you probably a runt. When we touch down, we kicking it. You probably a putt. It's real. Look, look, this your boy Jarrell Golden, man, CEO of Imago Day Records, and I'm chilling with MTMV Sports, and I suggest that you keep it locked. 48 coming soon, too. Be ready. Young man, humble. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in hot. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports, and this is your expert fantasy football advice. I know, I know, I know. If you're owner of Drew Brees right now or Ben Roethlisberger, you're in a world of hurt, and you feel it. Like, you feel deep down like I... Like I feel, I'm a Saints fan, and I feel like the loss of Drew Brees is just too much to deal with. And if you are in the same situation and you feel like losing Drew Brees from your team, I know you probably spent maybe a sixth round, seventh round draft pick on him. But when you saw that he landed to you, you felt like, bam, I got him. I outsmarted the rest of my league. I went, <laughs> I went and I grabbed one of the top targets at QB really later on in the draft after I filled up my roster with some all-stars and you felt like you did well and you did do well you did the smart thing you didn't blow a first or second rounder on Drew you went ahead and picked him in the sixth or seventh round and you did the absolute right thing and now you're suffering you're suffering just like all of who that nation every Saints fan out there who have never who's never ever thought of being without their top target or with being without their lead guy in Drew Brees ever since he signed on in 2006 the who that nation in every fantasy owner who's never um who's ever had Drew Brees never had to worry about Drew Brees not being there and now you do now if you own Big Ben you probably got him in the 10th maybe 11th round depending on how many people are in your league and you've been through this before if you know how Big Ben is he normally misses a few games out of the season or he's not quite as efficient or he's hurt somewhat in the beginning of the year or at some point during the year he always suffers with something so you're a little bit more used to this Steeler Nation is somewhat more used to this they're used to their big guy being a little limpy at some point during the season but they didn't expect for him to be gone for the season who thought that Deion Sanders was a Nostradamus nobody thought that you didn't think that when you heard that Deion Sanders said last week that Big Ben wouldn't make it through the season that the very next week he'd be gone for the year on IR nobody thought that at all nobody thought that and now here we are in the midst in the in the crux of a situation with no Drew for six weeks and no Big Ben for the rest of the year. Now the question is, what do you do 
if you're in these type of situations, what's my next move? What, where can I go? Well, I have a few little things to tell you, just a few little tips that I want to give you that may, be, that may be able to help you consider what to do for the next few um, games. Over the next, if you're a Big Ben guy, you need a permanent answer. If you're somebody else and you need to kind of think about that, we need to talk about not only what happens with Big Ben, what happens with Drew, but what about all those high-priced targets? What about Kamara, Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, Juju, Connor, James, I mean, there's so many, or James Connor, there's so many guys who are affected by losing these big guys and what happens to their value. Does it go up now? Does it go down? We need to talk about that. Then we're going to hop into some players that disappointed us last week, just a little bit, and some players that surprised us with their um, with their big games. Going to point out at least one or two guaranteed producers for next week and then look at some waiver wire targets that you can start thinking about this week. And then we'll hop into a little bit of trust fall. Red, yellow, green light. All right, here we go. So it's time to go ahead and hop in and let's talk about it. I mean, we've talked about it from the jump just a little bit. Now let's hop into it. Bro, what do we do if we have Drew Brees and and Big Ben? Now I'm going to tell you what the situation is um, in my league. Now this is coming from a, in this case, it's a 14-team league. Now, if you're in a 14-team league, this is the situation, especially on Yahoo. Sometimes, you may, it depends on your league, but these are some of the guys that are available, right? Um, Josh Allen, he's only owned in 40% of leagues. Now, Josh Allen, um, it depends on how your league is scoring. He is a great target, especially if, because he runs the ball so much. He's a good target. He won't get up to Drew Brees' numbers when Drew is hot. He may not get there but he will add some value because he runs the ball a lot and because he is running the ball a lot he is somebody who you can target he's been added like 7,362 times now um, since these injuries have occurred and he is somebody you can you can look at or somebody you can target. Case Keenum is open and available. He's only owning 10% of leagues. Now, granted, he hasn't he came back to earth. So the first week he blew up, right? Him, um, Terrence McLaurin, they killed it. He came back to earth this week, and he's gonna <laughs> Gosh, he's going against next week. He's going against Chicago. So he may be somebody to at least stash after the, the Chicago battle because you know what Chicago has been doing to quarterbacks. Um, in this league, man, the targets, I mean, it's a 14-team league. And so the actual, the people who are available are low. You're looking at guys like um, Eli Manning, right? Somebody I'm not super trusting. He's only owned in 4% of leagues. Joe Flacco, who actually had a decent game towards the end of yesterday. He's available and he's, I mean, he's, Taking up in six percent of leagues right now. He's only on six percent. That means ninety. <laughs> means ninety four percent of the teams who are playing fantasy football don't trust Joe Flacco, right? Um, he's not available unless you're in a um, double quarterback league. Ryan Fitzpatrick is somebody who nobody wants to deal with. So I would I would steer clear of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Minshew is somebody else who I probably would steer clear of as well. He has a matchup going against Tennessee next week, and so. And Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon is going up against um, New England next week. He's somebody I will stay clear of as well. So the target in that 14-team league looks like it's somebody um, like Josh Allen. Josh Allen is somebody who you can look at in a 14-team like, if you're in a 14-team league, the pickings may be a little bit slimmer and even more slim after. So, let's go to another situation. Let's hop into something like a 10-team league. And let's see what the available players are. Let's see who the available players are and who are some people who you can think about targeting. All right. Now, um, this is in one 10-team league. Now, this is kind of weird. 
you may not have this in your league, but in one of the leagues I'm looking at, um, Cam Newton is available. It's funny. Cam Newton is somebody who is available in only 8% of leagues right now. He's owned in 92% of leagues. Um, but it depends on what's the, it depends on what's the scoring type in your league. So if your league is a, a scoring type where, I'm sorry, if your league kind of focuses on completions and things of that nature, Cam Newton may not be one of the high targets, but Cam Newton is available, um, in, in some leagues, right? At least 8% of leagues right now. So if he's available, I would say go ahead and get him next week. He has a great battle against Arizona, and Arizona um, is only ranked six, and they are giving up a lot of passing. They're giving up a lot of passing yards to the quarterback. I would go after somebody like Cam Newton if he's available. Most likely he's not. You have another guy um, in Jameis Winston, and I know Jameis hasn't been great. He had a horrible week one. Last week he was decent, right? Not great, but he was decent. Towards the end he was better, but next week he has a plus matchup against the um, New York Giants. He's somebody who you can think about. He's only owning 63% of leagues, and he's somebody who you can possibly stream for next week as a target. Another guy who's available out there for some, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, he's only owned in 53% of leagues. And remember, I'm, I went from the 14-team league down to a 10-team league. And so a, a lot more guys are open. A lot more guys are available. But some of the targets are Mitch Trubisky. He has a plus matchup next week. Jameis Winston has a plus matchup. Cam Newton is probably not available in your league. That's just straight up. But if he is, he has a plus matchup against Arizona next week. And a guy who's questionable um, but has a pretty decent matchup, especially with Jalen Ramsey asking for a trade this week is Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota um, has, he's come back to earth a little bit, but he had a pretty decent week last week. He may be somebody um, who you can target in your leagues. Like I said, I would stay away from a Case Keenum, especially this week going up against Chicago. I don't think it's a good look for you. I wouldn't make that move. All right. So now the question is, how does this stuff affect the major players? So you're looking at guys like Kamara. What happens to a guy like Kamara? What happens to a guy like Michael Thomas? Now, this week, if you looked at what happened with Michael Thomas, like let's just be completely honest. Michael Thomas had a good week still. He had a great week, 10 catches, I believe. Um, He looked like somebody um, who would start to suffer because they didn't start connecting until later on in the game. But Michael Thomas is somebody who still pulled through. Now, I'm going to say this. As a Saints fan, watching Michael Thomas and watching him um, go along with Teddy Bridgewater, their connection hasn't been great. I'm going to say their connection hasn't been great, right? And, and what I mean is if you look at it, uh, Michael Thomas last year in week in the last week of the season, week, week 17, he was trying to get a record, and it took a very long time for him to connect with Teddy Bridgewater on the amount of catches that he needed for that week only because their connection just wasn't there. Michael Thomas has a much stronger connection with Drew Brees, and we can see that every single time um, those two are on the field. Like every time Michael Thomas and, and Teddy Bridgewater on the field, I don't see the connection there. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to just take my time a little bit. We'll see how that connection really starts to play out. Um, but here's the problem. The major problem with last week and what I think could be a problem next week as well, the Saints play Seattle next week, and their defense is pretty good. And you're looking at a defense that's going, you're looking at a defense who may start to creep up a little bit on the line of scrimmage. Why? Because they don't fear Teddy Bridgewater, especially going deep. You don't fear a Teddy Bridgewater at all, right? Um, there was no connection yesterday, no real connection with Ted Ginn at all, right? And we didn't see that. And then... 
We didn't see much of a running game at all from Kamara. The passing out of the backfield was a little bit congested because a lot of guys were playing closer to the line of scrimmage. The safety came down. They were trying to force Teddy Bridgewater to beat them, and the Rams were successful at that. I think Seattle will copy that and put as much pressure on Teddy Bridgewater as possible. That could have a horrible effect on Kamara. Um, At the same time, I don't know if I'm selling them yet. I'm holding on, and I'm waiting to see if they can ride out this storm. But the Saints did lose um, an offensive lineman yesterday in Andrus Pete, who's really good um, as a pulling guard. He's also, well, he's really good as a pulling guard, but he was getting killed yesterday by Aaron Donald, just straight up, right? But he's good as a pulling guard generally. Um, and he's somebody who, if you lose if you lose him, it could have an effect on Kamara. So I don't know. I'm kind of... I'm starting Kamara um, this week, but I'm also going to start him with caution. And if I were you, I'd probably start Kamara with caution as well. And I'm still not I'm still not ready to, to sell him yet. So I wouldn't say go out and I'm not selling he's a, um, you know, a sell low target or somebody. But he is a buy low target. I'll just say that. But I'm not giving up on Kamara just yet. I'm waiting to see how it plays out when Teddy Bridgewater, um, Kamara, and Michael Thomas have a week together. Now, the other target who I think we need to talk about is Jared Cook. Now, if you made an investment in Jared Cook, most likely you're thinking about this. You're like, you know what? Jared Cook is somebody who I made an investment in probably around, you know, 12th round. If, if you were smart, you probably grabbed him a little bit earlier, like the eighth round. And you thought, man, Jared Cook, I know for a fact, will have a phenomenal year. So far, you've been disappointed. I have been disappointed. And everybody who's invested in Jared Cook, they've been disappointed. Jared Cook just yesterday was dropping balls all over the place. What will happen with Jared Cook? I don't know. I'm unconcerned. Well, I'm not saying I'm unconcerned. I am concerned, but I'm unaware. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm unsure on what's going to happen with Jared Cook moving forward. So the question is, do I start him this week? I probably don't. I'm going to be dead honest with you. Going against Bobby Wagner and that Seattle defense, I'm probably looking elsewhere for Jared Cook. But most likely, if you made the investment, you don't have another target for Jared Cook. You may not have anybody else. I'm probably streaming a tight end this week if I could. I'm looking at somebody, maybe like a Vernon Davis. Um, but even that's a really tough one because he's going against Chicago. So I'm looking around and I'm looking elsewhere for somebody else because I don't know if Jared Cook and Teddy Bridgewater can really, really connect, especially going against that Seattle defense. I think Jared Cook will probably be affected in a negative way, especially for the next few weeks going forward. Now, on the other side, because we've talked a lot about what's going to happen with the Saints targets, right, um, Kamara, I said, you know, we're kind of wait and see with Kamara. I think he'll be, I think his production will decrease because there'll be eight people in the box and and it'll be congested lanes for him. So I'm going to say, you know, his productivity will decrease. Michael Thomas, I think he should stay steady because there's not a lot of targets to throw to outside of him. Right. So I think he'll stay steady. Jared Cook, I think he'll steadily disappoint you. And I think you should stream somebody else. So we've talked about those targets. Now, let's flip over to Pittsburgh and let's talk about what's going to happen with those guys. So we have to talk about Juju. What's going to happen with Juju? I think that now, look, this is what's happening. I'm going to just be honest with you. And it's kind of weird. Right. But losing Ben Roethlisberger for a period of time means a ton to Juju and his uh, and his productivity is just straight up. That's just kind of what's going to happen. Mason Rudolph, 
May. And I don't know this, but everybody, if you know Mason Rudolph, you know that he has a connection with James Washington. He's probably somebody who I grab and stash right now. Wide receiver James Washington, if he's not picked up in your league, I probably grab and stash him right now. He has a relationship with Mason Rudolph. They've had that relationship since college. And now Mason Rudolph is the the guy. You think he's not going to look out for his boy James? I'm pretty sure he will. Now, how is his relationship with Juju? You saw yesterday that Mason played well. They call Jason, I mean, I'm sorry, they call Mason the madman. And I feel like he is ready to step in and play at least decent football for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to see because he's going to be relied on for the rest of the season. If I'm you, then I'm not sure if I buy in. Uh, Like, if you don't have to start a Mason Rudolph, I don't. I wait this out. I wait and see what it looks like. Yes, he came in and threw for about two touchdowns. Yes, he did that yesterday. And I thought that was super cool, right? Like, everybody did. At the same time, he's not somebody who I just hop into and start, right? Threw for 112, but he did throw for two passing touchdowns. Those are facts. All right, now, how does this affect um, James Conner? James Conner actually got hurt yesterday. Um, Samuels is somebody who, the running back, the backup running back for James Conner, is probably somebody who I would start um, putting in a waiver wire for. I put a waiver wire for uh, in for him ASAP, right? He's somebody who I put a waiver wire claim in for um, because I feel like, you know, we just don't know yet what's going to happen with James Conner. Once we figure out what happens with James Conner, you know, we'll see if we need to drop him later on during the week. I don't take any chances, though. I go ahead and get him ASAP. They're going to have to rely on the running game at some point. So I'm just just something I'm thinking about. You should be thinking about it as well. Right. Um, so what happens with Juju? I think Juju remains the same. Pardon me. But I do think Juju remains the same. So he remains constant. And I don't think. He he will be affected just because Mason's going to take some time in the offense, but I still think he's the first target. But I do think there's going to be a rise in product in productivity for um for James Washington. James Washington is somebody who's definitely going to rise in productivity. If he doesn't, then hey, blame it on me. I just believe it will. If I've connected with you since college and we got this far together, (laughs) I know for a fact that I can trust your hands and your route running ability. I'm going to go to you, and I feel like he's somebody who you should be looking out for. All right? Hey, we're going to take a small break, and then we'll be right back to talk about more of what you should do this week heading into week number three. Hey, guys. This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMB Sports. Hey, yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, a.k.a. Boopy, and you listening to MTMV Sports. Scat. As we're back, man, hey, if you are like me, then you were really, really let down in some places this week. I know you were. I was. I saw it all on Fantasy Twitter. If you're on Fantasy Twitter, you're seeing all the people complaining. There are so many people tonight. As I'm recording this, this is on a Monday night. As I'm recording this on a Monday night, people are right now, knees, hands, and knees, praying for Odell Beckham Jr. to go off, praying for Nick Chubb to go off, because they need those guys to have phenomenal nights, because the guys who they put their faith in, guys who they put their trust in, let them down. And I'm going to tell you who let me down this week, and I hope you can let me know who let you down. The guys who let me down this week, very clear, I'm going to start off with TJ Hawkinson. Now, 
I know that I thought that I outsmarted the entire world by picking up TJ Hawkinson somewhere to around, I mean, somewhere around the latter half of the draft. I picked him up probably the last or second to last round. I thought, hey, they didn't see what I saw in the preseason. I thought what I saw in the preseason, dude was a beast. And I saw somebody who was really going to be extremely effective. And I knew that I would outsmart the world now granted I went away from the don't pick a rookie tight end I went away from that notion people had that notion I went away from that notion right people say don't pick a a rookie tight end it takes them some time and last week TJ Hawkinson had me looking like a genius I was looking like an absolute genius like I I outsmarted the entire game y'all remember y'all were here that year when I um predicted how great Kamara would be right I mean, granted, I'm a Saints fan, so I was able to watch that whole thing unfold, even in the, I mean, even in training camp. But still, I was there, man. I was smart as the world. And I thought with TJ Hawkinson, I had done the same thing. This week, he comes in, three targets, my man. Three targets, one reception, seven yards, point seven points. What am I supposed to do with that, TJ? I can't do nothing with that, TJ. I'm just being real with you. Like, I, there's nothing that I can do <laughs> with that type of produ- productivity. There's nothing. Another guy who did, and, and look, TJ, I know, I believe, I just believe next week you won't do me like that. I don't think you will. But if you do, it's cut city for you, brother. It's cut city. I, I've, I've done enough, right? I, I can't do it anymore. All right, let's go beyond him. Elshon Jeffrey. Now, I can't and you can't. Nobody can predict injuries. Elshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson. You can't predict injuries, and I get that. But you could be disappointed by them. You could be pissed that they happened, and you could be upset that it affected your fantasy team and it affected mine. Maybe it affected yours too. Elshon Jeffrey had a pretty decent matchup going up against Atlanta. I know Atlanta um, was supposed to be, you know, last week they ranked number one against the pass. Whatever. I didn't believe that. They just got ran all over. I mean, you know, they were going up against the team and just ran all over them. And because they ran all over them, didn't need to throw the ball as much. That's what happened. Delvin Cook just went ham. And so he didn't truly need, they didn't need to throw the ball all over the field. So I wasn't really concerned. I thought you got Winch, you got Deshaun Jackson, you got Elshon Jeffrey, you got Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Asiga Whiteside. You go in there, you wreck shop. Did I know that it was going to be a hospital? Did I know that it was going to be a gathering of the injured receivers? No, I did not know that, wasn't aware, and dumbfounded by it and it hurt my fantasy team maybe it hurt yours i was extremely disappointed by it extremely disappointed by it i mean somebody else who hurt me a little bit i mean just kind of hurt my feelings just watching him kind of you know do his thing Lashawn mccoy i expected more from him of course i know he's going up against oakland and their run defense was a little bit better than most people expected at the same time I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the Chiefs offense. You with your old coach. What you doing, fam? I expect you to go in there and kill. I expect you at least contribute. Dude, here's what you did for me last week. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. 23 rushing yards. Three receptions. 11 rushing attempts I can deal with. But 23 rushing yards, I can't do nothing with that. I'm sorry. You hurt my feelings. You hurt 
<laughs> you not only hurt me, but you hurt other people out there. It's just bad business. Now, outside of that, another guy who did decent, but I expected him to do more, Julian Edelman. I did not know that Antonio Brown coming to that team would affect the amount of targets that Julian got in a 43-0 win against Miami, even though that's a little inflated because it started late, right? Now, there was like one or two quarters that went by when that game was a lot closer than I anticipated, but I expected for Edelman to go off. I just uh, I thought Edelman would go off. He did not. Four receptions, 51 yards. I mean, now at one point, I mean, every other year that we've made the investment, when I say we, I know it's not just me. If you're on the PPR, you made the investment in Julian Edelman. Every year we've made the investment in Julian Edelman, we thought for a fact, right, um, that, well, you kind of knew that he's Tom's guy. And no matter what, he's going to get his targets and he's going to get his receptions, normally about in that range of about seven to eight targets per game, sometimes nine, 10, 11, right? And he's always going to be, um, he's, he's a guy who can get open really quickly and they didn't have big weapons on the outside most of the times they're attacking from the seams but I mean you add in the Josh Gordon you bring in Antonio Brown and you change the whole scheme a little bit and now all of a sudden now they're stacked with wide receivers and now Edelman doesn't get the love that he got before I don't know if I'm cool with it at the same time I don't know how long we'll have to deal with it Antonio Brown and it's sad to say, but Antonio Brown, there's another um, you know, lady out there who's, who's bringing up charges against him. And so I don't know how far, how long this lasts with Antonio Brown and the New England Patriots. I don't know how long he truly affects the effectiveness of Julian Edelman. All I do know is this week he came in, he did well, AB did, but he affected Julian Edelman and I was hurt by it. Big Ben. I'm sorry for the loss of Big Ben. I hate the loss of Big Ben. It really does hurt um, not only, you know, not only fantasy owners, but it hurts the Steeler Nation. The Steeler Nation is extremely, um, I mean, they love their quarterback. I'm sure they love their big guy. That's their guy. They love that guy, man. And they're really, really affected, you know, by losing him. But, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of fantasy owners out there started Big Ben this week. He only got five points for it. And he went out really early. You're probably disappointed by it, and I was with you. One other guy I got to say, and I know we just left this New England situation, but Josh Gordon, man, I expected more from him. He didn't do a lot with his five targets. You get five targets, Josh. You're going up against Miami. I expected a lot more from you. Two receptions, 19 receiving yards. Come on, man. I can't do much with that. Who knew? That he would be forcing the ball to Antonio Brown. They're probably trying to get the most out of him while they can. I think that's what that is. They're like, look, you won't be here for long. I'm going to force feed you as much as we possibly can and get the most out of you. So we don't look stupid when this all goes down. And that's probably what happened. Well, because that's what happened, then it affected Josh Gordon. And I was upset about it. Uh, Antonio Brown did do well. He's somebody. Now, I'm flipping over to people who did well and I didn't expect them to do well. Right? Antonio Brown is somebody who did well when I didn't expect it. I thought it might take him a little bit of time to adjust to that new system. Not really. Eight targets, four receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown. Antonio Brown went in and did his absolute thing. And he, um, I mean, he just, he did well. He was Antonio Brown. He did exactly what he should do in that situation. And if he's there for the entire season, Antonio Brown will be a problem. But that's the caveat. Will he be there for the entire season? I don't really believe he will be. I'm going to be dead honest with you. And he's probably somebody who I am selling high on. 
I'm probably selling high on AB right now. If anybody's willing to take AB, I'm going to package him with somebody, and I'm trying to get him off my squad because I believe he'll be out of the NFL um, before at least. I, 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 I don't even give him this whole week, to be honest with you. I don't think he'll be on the NFL roster by – I mean, I don't think he'll on, be on the Patriots without being on the commissioner's exempt list. I don't even give him Saturday. I'm going to just be honest with you. But I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm so cool with that. I'm not even tripping, right? Now – um, outside of that, a few of the guys who surprised me a little bit, um, I'll go back to Michael Thomas. He really surprised me. I thought as soon as Drew went out, he wouldn't um, produce as much as he did. 13 targets, 10 receptions, 89 receiving yards. If you're in a PPR, he did pretty well for you, and I'm ecstatic about that. Another guy who did some producing, and you may not have thought he would have, but he did some producing, not a ton, but some productivity, is Adrian Peterson. <laughs> and when I say some, I mean some. Not a lot, some. 25 rushing yards, but a touchdown. And that touchdown um, propelled him in the record books and, and leading in the touchdowns. Now, I think he's fifth right now in, in touchdowns for a career. Adrian Peterson did pretty decent for you. Um, man, I don't even want to go back. I, I'm not going to go back to the disappointments. I'm not going to do it to you. Um, but Adrian Peterson is somebody who produced when I didn't think he would. And the last um, surprise product production that's just happening. Well, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you two. There's two guys who are producing when you probably didn't expect them to. And it's the reason why you make these investments in these rookies. I'm going to give you these two names. And I know you're going to say, but what about his three cone? He ran a really slow three cone. And how in the world is he producing like that when he couldn't run a three cone? Well, he can. <laughs> He's a beast. He's a monster. And you didn't believe in DK Metcalf. And you are suffering for it. Seven targets, three receptions, 61 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Man, you got to start believing in DK Metcalf. He looks like the guy there. Now, granted, he did go against a Pittsburgh team that was probably suffering from the loss of Big Ben because they lost him early in that game, and they probably felt it. But you saw them rally behind that young quarterback. So, I mean, they still were playing defense. This guy, DK Metcalf, has been going off for the last two weeks. He looks like the number one for Russell um, Wilson. And he is a guy who I think if you can, right, um, I'm not saying sell high. I'm saying if he's still on the waiver wire, don't let him stay there. He shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. No longer should he be there. He's only owning in 49% of leagues. I know that's up plus 12 from last week, but I mean, gosh, when are we going to get it? The guy can go. Go ahead and make that make that move. Terry McLaurin is another guy, man. Nine targets? Nine targets? Terry McLaurin, if you don't believe in his ability, uh, believe in what his quarterback believes. Nine targets for Terry McLaurin. Five receptions, 62 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown. This guy is somebody who you have to start thinking about. Now, Terry McLaurin, if he's out there, don't let him stay out there. Only owning 52% of the leagues, he's somebody who's probably still on the waiver wire somewhere. This is Yahoo League. So every time I say 52% own, it's all Yahoo Leagues. Don't let this man stay on your waiver wire any longer. Forty-nine. He's up 49% from last week. There's only going to be more believers, and you need to start believing. Go make your waiver wire move for Terry McLaurin right now, right? Make that move. If he's not available, um, then... I would say try to convince somebody to get him on your squad, man. Another guy who I think may be somebody who you need to pay attention to, I don't want to mention the name because I was told about this guy. I was told about the guy. Somebody was like, yo, E, make the move. Go and get this guy. And I said, not yet. I'm not going to quite believe there's just too much talent on that team. McCole Hardman. 
man, I saw the dude at Georgia, and I saw him go ham, and I saw how good he was, and I saw how fast he was and explosive he was. I just didn't know that Tariq Hill would go down. I also didn't know that this guy would be a guy. Four receptions, 61 yards, one receiving touchdown. He's also adding some in the return game. Man, in some leagues, he's got at least 20 points last, I mean, uh, in week two. <sighs> you got to start thinking about the guy. Um, I, I, I'm not somebody who fully believes, but man, now I'm going to have to start believing at least a little bit. Only owning 40% of leagues. And, and I just don't know what to do. I don't know if he's the guy. He did have a touchdown call back, 72-yard touchdown call back, and a lot of people on Twitter, you know, were, were rather affected by it, I'll say that. Um, but at the same time, man, you look at this kid, he's a burner. He He's in a position where he can be the guy. Even when we heard about um, Tariq Hill and his, you know, what was, got, was happening to him over the offseason. You remember that whole situation with his girlfriend and that recording, and everybody was like, yo, um, in Dynasty Leagues, it was like, yo, look out for Mikel Hardman. Maybe he's the next guy. That's why they made the investment. Well, if he was the next guy and that's why he they made the investment, maybe McCole Hardman. Uh, and most people, you saw all the truthers, right? They were saying, hey, look, don't make that thing. He's not quite Tariq Hill. He's a fast guy. He's a burner. But he's not close to the type of receiver that Tariq Hill is. He doesn't have that type of explosion, the explosion, even though he does have some explosion. They were saying not to make the investment. He gets in and he starts to look like, he looks like a champ. He looks like somebody you need to make an investment in, at least make the waiver wire move if he's still available on your waiver wire. And so those are my waiver wire targets. Those are guys who produced and I didn't expect them to um, this week. There's just so much happening. We're going to hop into this last segment of Trustfall when we come back. Stay tuned. Hey, you're beautiful. You're awesome. And guess what else? You're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. All right, we're going to hop into our segment of Trust Fall. Man, y'all know how this goes. I'm going to bring up just a random name. Um, bring up the name. I'm going to bring up a situation, a scenario for that player. It's all about week three. I'm going to tell you whether um, I would start him, go red light, yellow light, or green light. Um, red light means that I wouldn't start him. I probably would just like you know stream somebody in that position or look for another option. Um, yellow light means I would start them, but start them with caution. And then green light means I would start them with confidence. So... The first player um, I have on or the first um, trust fall scenario is Odell Beckham Jr. Odell right now um, is, you know, he's with the Browns. He's playing pretty well right now. Let me see what he's looking like right now. You look at Odell, it's at the halftime. He has five targets, three receptions, 54 yards. Um, if you're, it depends on what type of league you're in, but he's kind of trending at about, he's looking at about eight, you're in the PPR, he's looking at about 8.4 points for you right now. If you're in one that gives you a little bit extra points for receiving first downs, then you're at about 10 
10 points right now. And so Odell, somebody's having a pretty decent game. Okay, and he's coming back with the one-hand theatrics. you got to know what that means. Odell might be in his bag. And who knows what's going to happen. Uh, and remember, I'm recording this on Monday at halftime. So who knows what happens in the second half. But if we, if everything's a go and Odell Beckham goes up against the Los Angeles Rams, he's somebody who I green light next week. I will green light Odell Beckham next week. Now, here's the thing, though. The only thing that I'm bothered by, that I'm concerned about with Odell Beckham next week is that Rams defensive line. I'm going to tell you like this. Watching that Rams defensive line, even when Drew was in the game, I was scared for Drew's life. Aaron Donald was blowing through um, Andrews Pete like he wasn't even there. Turnstile status. He was going through this dude like woof. Like even before the, even before the ball got to Drew's hands, I'm surprised he even got the ball out of his hands to get his hand injured. He was in his face real fast. Michael Brockers, Brockers was another guy who was handling business. Dante Fowler was handling business. Um, Clay Matthews is on that line. The line over, man, I don't know what you're thinking, but. When you deal with that defensive line, for and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm pushing the table. I'm getting all into it. But when you push the, when you look at that line for the Los Angeles Rams, they are monsters. And when you look at that situation versus the situation um, that's happening, I mean, even when they were playing against the Saints, you look at them against that offensive line of the Browns. I just don't believe in it. So. I still green light Beckham because you look at Michael Thomas. He went off, right? 10 catches. and see, 10 catches. He, he had a good day, at least 85 yards receiving. That's great. I think Beckham can do similar things, but it really depends. It really depends on the offensive line. Now, the Saints offensive line is a lot better than the Browns offensive line. I'm scared a little bit for Beckham, um, even though I still think he gets he gets pretty good production. So give me a light green light, light green light, because I'm concerned about that. All right, Marquise Brown. Now, man, you talk about Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown has been going clean off, and I know how you feel. Look, he's somebody who I really, really thought about taking in some some on money leagues. I was like, man, I know this dude is fast. I know he's somebody who's a, you know, guaranteed producer. If, you know, that offense can get rolling and you look at him next week, he's going up against KC. Man, this week, 13 targets, 8 receptions, 86 yards. Who said Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball? Who said Lamar Jackson was only a running back at the quarterback position? Who said that he wasn't going to be the man? I know you said it. I know you doubted him. I don't care what you said. I don't care how you felt. The man has come in in the last two weeks. He's been monster status. You feel me? He's been monster status. And the guy who's been helping him with that is Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood Brown has been doing his thing. You asked me about him in a matchup next week against Kansas City. That's a plus matchup for him. I'm green lighting it. All the way through. I'm a green light Marquise Brown next week. I think that he's going to have a good time against Kansas City. I'm not going to say it's going to be a, um, a, a shootout. I'm not going to predict a shootout. But I am predicting Marquise Brown has a good day. Now, he's always an uh, injury in the middle of the week away from not playing. <laughs> that's, that's always the case with, with somebody of his stature and of his size but they didn't call him a Deshaun Jackson clone for nothing when this dude has the ball in his hands masterful and I'm looking for him to do well next week now I'm starting him green light next situation TJ Hawkinson versus the Philadelphia Eagles red light green light yellow light man 
Hawk hurt me last week. Y'all heard me. Hawk hurt me in week two. What am I going to do with Hawk this week? I just don't know. I don't know what to do with Hawk. Yellow light. I'm going <laughs> to call you. I'm going to tell you why. I'm yellow light and Hawkinson, man. Um, am I scared for Hawk? Of course I'm scared for Hawk. I really don't know what he's going to do. I really don't know um, if Stafford is going to start leaning more on Marvin Jones and Galladay. I don't know what's going to happen. I do know he's going up against Philadelphia. Philadelphia is fifth worst against the passing when it comes to the tight end position. I'm looking at Hawkinson as somebody who should do well. He should do well. But that's only if he's a part of the offensive scheme. If he's not a part of the offensive scheme, I just can't vouch for it. I can't vouch for it at all. And because I can't vouch for it, I just don't know what to do in this case. So I'm not going to go with Hawk as somebody who I can absolute outright say that I'm going to start with confidence. I'm going to start him with caution this week. I would love to stream to somebody else, but the matchup is too good. Um, Philly's a little bit hurt. You know what happened yesterday for them. Defensively, um, they their feelings may even be hurt. I think Hawk may draw. He may draw Malcolm Jenkins. And if he draws Malcolm Jenkins, then I'm a little bit concerned about his productivity. Uh, but I'm, I'm a yellow light him and, and think he can get back to prominence. I, I believe he can. All right. Now, look at a guy like Edelman. We got to look at Edelman next week going up against the New York Jets. And, man, to be honest with you, I if Antonio Brown is there... And Josh Gordon is there. And, you know, the whole running back crew is there. Sonny Michelle, James White. Edelman's just been such a fixture. I just know he's going to get some targets. Um, I just know he'll get targets, but I don't know what he's going to do against these Jets. Um, And it's tough, man. It's a tough one. I'm going to go ahead and give him a green light. I just just can't. I just can't believe that the best buddy of Tom Brady will go two weeks with low production. I just don't believe it. I think they're too good friends. <laughs> I think they're too cool to have him go two straight weeks and not produce. So I'm going to start Edelman with confidence next week against the Jets, and I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to overthink it, so I'm just let it be what it is. Now let's look at the last one in Trustfall. It's my boy, John Ross. So many haters out there was like, John Ross ain't going to be the man. John Ross is a flash in the pan. John Ross ain't about that action. John Ross ain't about that life. Then John Ross came with eight targets, four receptions, 112 yards, and a receiving touchdown, and put the haters to sleep. Straight up. That's what John Ross did last week. And if you look at John Ross, you say, hey, Ross, can you do it again? Ross, can you kill him again? Ross, Ross, (laughs) how you going to do it to him, Ross? I don't know how he'll do it. He's playing up against Buffalo next week. When I look at John Ross, man, um, now granted, all that that productivity didn't happen early. Didn't happen early. Um, But if you look at it overall, Ross is going up against a pretty good defense in Buffalo. And it's not really, in this case, it's not really a green light situation. It's not a green light situation. Not because I don't trust him anymore. I'm over that with you, Ross. I think I think you're ready to change your life around. You changed your number. You changed your life, it looked like. It looked like you want to be a part of this thing. Looks like you want to be a baller. And if you want to be a baller, I'm here for it, Ross. But I still can't trust you against Buffalo, man. I just don't know. I just don't know, man. And I got to give you the yellow light. I got to give you the yellow light, man. I don't want to. I want to give you the green light because you've been killing it, Ross, but I can't. I got to give you the yellow light. Got to start you with caution only because of the matchup. Um, 
Later on in the season, I know I'll be back on your side. I don't know how you're going to be affected when A.J. Green comes in. Well, whenever he gets over his injury, I don't know how that's going to affect John Ross and his productivity. But at the same time, man, I want to believe in John Ross. I want to see John Ross do his thing. I believe that Buffalo can be had. I just think you're a, you're a yellow light type of guy this week. All right, y'all. That's been um, Expert Fantasy Football Advice with Rick Sincere. I normally don't do this. I normally kind of have having an expert. Listen, if you want to know my credentials, peep game. I'm going to be honest with you. I started in seven leagues last year. I had seven leagues last year. I won six of them. And not because I'm so phenomenal. Don't get that. Don't get that through your head. Don't don't feel like, oh man, Rick is just that dude. He he was in seven leagues last year and he won six of them. That's only because, really because, I had a litany of individuals who were out there willing to help me, and I reached out to so many people last year. And I'm just trying to get every week. I'm trying to bring those guys on the show so they can help you, like they helped me suck less at fantasy football. So. Listen, this week we don't have a guest on. Next week we're going to have another guest on. I want you to get the information from the experts, those guys who are knocking against the pavement, knocking their heads up against the wall, beating those stats down, writing for all these outlets, man, those people who are putting that content out for you so you can suck less at fantasy football. Hey, there is safety in a multitude of counsel. I suggest that you not only listen to this podcast, I want you to listen to like five other podcasts. I want you to every week come here and find a new podcast to listen to because I want you to do well this year and tell me about it. Hey, this is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. I'm so happy that you joined us and I can't wait to hear from you. You can follow us on, um, on Twitter and on Instagram at MTNV Sports and we can't wait to hear from you. Have a great one. God bless. I'm coming. Hey Siri, can you play MTMV Sports podcast? Here's the podcast MTMV Sports. What's good, everybody? It's your man, the voice, host of the MTMV main card, bringing you. Hey Siri. Thank you. You're welcome.